Welcome to Medical Murmurs, Medical Student Edition, where emergency physician Dr. Paris Lovett talks with other doctors about their specialty, and we focus on career questions such as what their professional life is like and how best to get into a specialty and develop a career. If you haven't already, we suggest that you first listen to the main Medical Murmurs podcast, featuring the same guest, before you listen to this one. What kind of person does well in orthopedic surgery and what kind of person would probably be making a mistake if they chose it? Orthopedic surgery is a lot of hours like any surgery. So in surgery in general, you have to say, listen, it's going to be a sacrifice. I need, if I have a partner, that partner has to understand that I'm probably not going to be around a lot for the first five to seven years in practice. It's got to be someone who understands the musculoskeletal system, who is interested in locomotion using the extremities. That's a typical orthopedic surgeon. It's not as complex as neurosurgery, cardiac surgery, but it's, in my opinion, a lot more interesting. Um, if someone wants to be able to do a quick fix, you have a broken bone, you can literally put the bone together, put a, a rod down, and the patient can now walk. So satisfaction, and I, and I don't want to comment on other fields, but people have something bad and they hurt, and then you operate, and then they have something good, and they can now walk. And you get a lot of thank you letters in my field. I'm sure if I was an oncologist dealing with people with end-stage malignancies, it's difficult. But in orthopedics, it's sort of a happy field. Grandma can't walk because her hip is killing her from arthritis. You replace the hip. Grandma walks in the office and gives you a kiss. That's orthopedics. They always criticize us for not being... It's not that mentally challenging. And I say, well, that's not true because we're always innovating new ways of curing arthritis and uh, in our basic science labs. But that's something I'd recommend. If you want to have the quick fix, if you don't want to deal with the emotions of chronic disease, go into that field. You shouldn't go into that field if you, if you want to really solve the social determinants of health, if you want to figure out heart disease, if you, 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 you want to cure genetic diseases, if you really have that. And a lot of people are, are like that. I want to help people with end-stage pulmonary disease, end-stage kidney disease, not the field to go into. We deal in general with fixable problems, and then you move on to the next thing. Chronicity is really not something we deal with unless it's arthritis, and then we can deal with that. You graduated from Boston College, SUMA. You graduated from Georgetown Medical School, AOA. You had some advantages matching into orthopedics that you had earned. (laughs) If someone wants to match into orthopedics, and maybe they aren't, SOMA and AOA, how can they maximize their chances? Okay, so I say it all the time. So my son wants to be a doctor. And I only say one thing to my son. I said, I'm on the committee. I literally, I mean, this is a true story. When I was in the selection committee this year, I sat in a room and I, as a chairman, I interviewed six at a time. So everyone else does the one-on-one interviews. I do six at a time. And I talk about current events. I have six people, MIT, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, two people on Olympic teams. Another one was a professional football player. I'm like, oh my goodness, top board scores. Boring, boring. What I'm interested in is that person worked on a COVID recovery unit, turning patients prone. That person helped develop a soup kitchen in West Philly to feed the poor. That's what will get you in. 
because everyone is smart. Everyone has good grades. I'm really not that interested anymore. I'm interested in, can that person be a team player? Can that person function well with not only other orthopedic residents, but the nurses? Can that person learn? Can that person take direction? And is that person a good soul? So I tell my son all the time, what are you doing in terms of helping people? That's all I want to know. I don't, I don't want to hear his grades. What are you doing to help people who are suffering? That's what got, and I'm on the selection committee. That's how you get into orthopedics. Now you're in orthopedics and you're new attending. And what's your advice to someone about building their career to have a long career and a satisfying career? So you have to make a choice. Do you want to go into academics or non-academics? If you want to have a long career, you have to stay healthy. I work out seven days a week. So long career, hopefully have something you believe in. It could be anything spiritual or whatever you want to believe in. Two, understand that partners are important. Companionship, avoid isolation, avoid loneliness, keep in great shape, and then work on everything not to burn out. So let's talk about the concept of burning out. What makes someone happy? What are the things? things? You have to have a purpose. You have to have the ability to master that purpose, and you have to have autonomy. So I say three things to people. If you don't have autonomy and you can't make decisions, like Paris, you're up doing locums tenants, you're doing playing with your kids, you're in control of your life. You don't work, you don't make money, your kids don't eat, but you're in charge. You're not working for the man, which is great. So have a purpose. If you don't have a purpose, if the purpose is just to make money, you're not going to be happy. Master that purpose. Be really good at it. And then be autonomous. Do the things that you want to do. That's how I tell people to avoid burnout, develop resiliency, and have a happy, productive life in addition to keeping in shape and stuff like that. I mean, there's so many vices out there. Like my vice, I like cigars. We're the worst thing in the world. My wife catches me smoking a cigar. She's going to kill me. So I try not to smoke cigars. That's my vice. What do you see coming? in the future of orthopedic surgery? Some predictions. Very timely question, because what's going to happen with this COVID crisis? What are we going to learn from the COVID crisis? What did I learn? I learned that we don't need as many brick and mortar institutions. A lot of things can be done remotely. We don't have to inconvenience our patients anymore. We have to now bring our services to the patients. They don't have to come to us anymore. I just gave a talk about telemedicine. The, av the average American, remember, 380 million, 400 million Americans spends 2.5 hours traveling to an appointment. That's every American, which means most people don't go to doctors. So medicine is going to change. What I'd like to see happen is it doesn't bankrupt you to become a doctor because people make bad decisions when they're in the financial stress. They decide not to go into the fields they want to go into. They decide that they have to work too many hours. They don't enjoy life. Um, I think we're going to find out, we're going to figure out that it's the social determinants of health that makes people better, not how much money we pump into our healthcare systems. We have to start talking more about housing, food, transportation, getting rid of poverty, and that'll make your job as an ear doc much easier and my job as an orthopedic surgeon much better. 
And then we have to bring down the cost of healthcare. It is a sin how expensive it is. I hope I don't have to see an orthopedic surgeon. And you know, my out of I pay twenty four thousand a year for my family for healthcare, and I have a six thousand dollar deductible. And my deductibles are higher, and I pay more than six thousand. So of course, I I, I contact insurance companies. I go, I thought my deductibles were six thousand. Oh well. Your daughter saw an out-of-network doctor, or your daughter did this, or that's not covered. It's a sin. I have a $16,000 deductible. I mean, that's insane. So we have to figure out how to fix a broken system, and it goes beyond what we do. So if I was a politician, I'd be figuring out how to decrease our healthcare spend by making the poor less, more equal to us in terms of what we receive. So they're not hungry, they're well-learned, they have housing, they have equal opportunities, and then the cost of healthcare will go down in this country. Dr. Alex Vaccaro, thank you so much for appearing on Medical Murmurs. It was a pleasure, Paris, and you're a great interviewer. (laughs) Thank you. This is Medical Murmurs, Medical Student Edition. This podcast was focused on career issues of particular interest to medical students and prospective medical students. We suggest you also listen to the main Medical Murmurs episode featuring the same guests discussing a wider range of issues and sharing stories for a more general audience. Check it out.